So apparently it's back and it is great flavored pop tarts. So they went somewhere, but we never knew they were gone. Yeah. We had no idea they existed before and they exist again. And finding them upon the shelves, Carly was like, hey, you guys should eat these on the podcast. So as Tiny said, mukbang, that's what this is called whenever you eat food for content. Yeah. When you eat food with an audience. Before I take a bite, I'm going to take a smell test of it just to see how, how it wafts. Smells like a pop tart. Mm, I think all of them mm, smell mm. the same. It right? smells like mm. grape flavored vape juice. I hate it. Oh, Marcus, sorry, bit in. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. You were so ready to get it over with. I think because you... yeah, I'm, I, I have a feeling I'm not going to enjoy this. <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to take a, a bite. I got to find the perfect corner of it, though. You know, it's not near as bad as I thought. It's oh. more of a generic kind of. There's a diamond tap. Like, yeah, when I breathe in, I taste medicine. But if I don't breathe, it's just a sugary Pop-Tart. Like, the, the grape isn't there until I breathe in. This is of. this is definitely a, um, cough medicine um, with flaky pastry and sugar. And sugar crystal. Like, granu- like you, can, you can feel the granules. I don't want to take the second bite of it, honestly, but I'm going to just... For the sake of a a pure review. The only thing getting me through this is those giant granules of sugar. (laughs) All I know is our audience is going to love the mouth sounds. That's what you are, Marcus, to the the podcast. You're the the giant granules of sugar because you're the the sweetness. You're you're the sweetness that we need. I don't hate them. It's not the worst thing I've ever ate. I don't love them either. I think I do hate them. Uh, they're very dry. Yeah, yeah. Drink it down. They need to be a little. They need to be frostingless. Mm-hmm. A little less crumbly. Okay. Toasted with butter, and I feel like then they would be awesome. I think the butter would kind of kill some of the sugar. Mm. I think honestly, it'd be a lot less work on both my mouth and on society if we all just made. Hold on, my mouth is stuck together. Grape jelly on toast. <laughs> There'd be a whole lot less trouble, and my mouth wouldn't be this dry. My loogies are going to so be So thanks dense. to Pop-Tarts, they're back, but I don't think they should have come back. I think they should have stayed in the past. Should have stayed in whatever hell that they were in. Yeah. But guess what else is back? We are, baby. Hey everybody, I'm Dane Holland, and I am exhausted. I'm Austin Shazam Pfeiffer, also known as Jeffrey the Giraffe. I'm Marcus, the superhuman gene sequencer known as I am the Laughlin Man. <laughs> I'm Austin Tiny Zent, D123-67. And that will mean something very soon. On this episode of Nerd It Through the Grapevine, the podcast where four best friends gather weekly to talk about our favorite parts of past, present, and future nerd culture. And this week, three of us are gathering in the physical space, and one of us is gathering in the digital space. If you see Agumon, tell him I said hi. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, the reason I'm eating this whole Pop-Tart is because I can't taste it because I think I have COVID. Boo! Oh man, that's why you can get through it. 
No wonder. I think I think that's what it is. Mm. Well, just like I'm already tired of the taste of the grape pop tart, which is upsetting because I wanted to love it. I have superhero movie fatigue, and I think it's turning into more of just superhero content fatigue. And it's taken 33 and a half years for that to happen for me. And I think it was actually whenever Multiverse of Madness came out. Mm-hmm. I wanted it's the I think it's the first superhero movie I've wanted to be excited to go see and I was f- perfectly fine with waiting to see it like I I didn't have that I've got to be there the day it releases an hour and a half early to try to get a good seat I, I just I didn't really care I was cool with just going to a matinee or whatever and what uh, Thor: Love and Thunder just came out what last week? Yeah, and I ha- I'm not in any way, shape, or form rushing to the theater, and I think it's for the same exact reason. Like, I've I've gotten burnt out a yeah. little bit, and I didn't think that possible for someone that loves superheroes so much, and so much of my identity is wrapped around all of that. I didn't think it would be possible because I heard a lot of people actually having this fatigue even before No Way Home. Uh, the Spider-Man movie, and kind of like right after Endgame, I think a lot of people were like, wow, that was such a build-up to a, a giant conclusion. And they just kept bringing stuff out. And a lot of people just kind of started fading off of it and kind of talking about getting tired of it. And I, that blew my mind. I was like, how in the world? How could this not just leave you wanting more? But I, I've gotten there. I think, I mean, I was one of those that just like you, I grew up with this stuff. I loved all this stuff. My identity, you know, partly was based on these fictional stories. But I was, I had superhero fatigue before the first Avengers ever came out. Wow. You. I, right. <laughs> I'm not the only uh, one. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think that because it's such a hit now and they put out so many movies a year. And even at that point, they were starting to do that. And that's the point where I was starting to get a little, you know, sick of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think just different strokes. I may have an idea because you and Tiny have read more novels like in, in many different areas as like than me and Austin. Like you guys have read a whole lot more. And he and I have read way more comic books than the two of you. So I, I think... He and I were used to the formula of superheroes. Like we're we're used to the the layout of it, which is very right. It's kind of cookie cutter, you know. It's it's kind of the same. Kind of like thing. in the way, kind of like in the way I'm used to that fantasy like formula. You exactly. Know, I'm used to the this new world, and I get to learn about it and learn how the magic works. Yeah, I mean, I think that's there's something to be said about that. Just it, genre. We just prefer that genre. Yeah, but in in an epic fantasy, there's so much depth. And so many things that even sometimes they don't come to fruition and and just so many different characters and all this other stuff that goes on with it. It's just so deep and expansive. And the comic book world is a little more straightforward because it is designed for both kids and adults alike where they have to ride that line, you know. And, and I think a lot of stuff that, that you guys have read have been more for the, you know, not kids, really. So I right. think whenever you yeah. see the superhero genre movies 
it's it's not enough like it's kind of like yeah this this next movie is probably going to be you know it's it's a lot like the last five i've seen right it's Mm -hmm. just got a different superhero in it and a little bit of a different twist but it's basically the same thing they're very formulaic like they they follow pretty strict like I mean, I'm not saying like their guidelines, but their templates are very similar. Well, just like, I mean, just because, you know, I didn't, I mean, I, of course, just the fantasy formula was enough to get me to watch Shannara, you know, but did I like Shannara? No. Not really. I had fun watching it, but I had fun making fun of it just right. as much, you know what I mean? So it was just one of those things that I'm mindlessly watching because it's a fantasy, much like one would a comic book movie oh, that yeah. they don't really care that much about like Moby I'll watch Morbius um, <laughs> did you say Moby yeah I did say Mo. I, was, I almost said Mobius but uh, <laughs> I think that would have been even just better clarify, because though. it could have had samplings of all the other superhero movies in there in like a remix yeah and they would have been bald and yeah. I you know we would have been represented yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> you, you would say something about Shannara like that wouldn't you short tips <laughs> oh gosh but but the like to clarify I still enjoy a good superhero movie but do I go and see all of them? No. Like, there's so many I don't go see. And I and even when they come out, I'm waiting until I'm in the mood for a superhero movie to watch one of the many that I think might be good or might have what I'm looking for in it. And, and you know, just the simple math of if they're going to put out five of these a year, I mean, 10% of it's going to be good. You know, right. like, just the, the humongous output, not all of it's going to be good. It's just impossible. And that goes with anything. That goes with anything. Music. To, you know, whatever, anything. 10% of it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I can agree with Marcus. I enjoy a good superhero movie. Mm-hmm. However, I I got burnt out at Captain America. It, it, I mean, if you're going to make a superhero movie, why do you make the villain look like a cartoon character? Because they are. It was, it was terrible. I understand that <laughs> things are exaggerated. Yeah. And that some of the villains and superheroes are not going to look like normal people i get that i'm cool with it but red skull it it was it was just so bad and and i get what austin was saying about you know it's all formulaic and it kind of goes a certain way and that's fine just execute it well that's all i'm asking give me give me good graphics give me a plot that's not riddled with holes like black panther was awesome but that was just it was like a one off. Well, I think there's there's a difference between a good movie that has superheroes in it and a good superhero movie. Like there's definitely a difference there because like Joker, we've talked about Joker in the past. Yep. Joker does not feel like a movie set into a comic book universe. No. It's just a good movie mm-hmm. that happens to be about a comic book villain, you know? I think DC could learn so much from the idea of strengthening one off super strong movies like joker Mm -hmm. don't try to overreach you know and bring everybody into this grandiose universe that is built on the foundation of crumbling shit Mm -hmm. like it's just not it's not working it it's not going to be able to work it doesn't matter like how good you know and and how well received critically that the snyder cut of the justice league is it's not built upon a stable enough foundation to build off that story and to expand that universe into something that's going to actually make the money and make the franchise something that sticks around. And don't be afraid to not make it a trilogy. I mean, not everything Mm -hmm. has to be a trilogy. (laughs) Oh, shut your whore mouth. Like the Batman. Okay. Just that as an example, you need to be consistent with your character. I feel like Bruce, Bruce, 
was they, they they played fast and loose with his intelligence like anytime there was a riddler riddle he knew it immediately he knew a bunch of other things immediately mm-hmm. but then when it come to figuring out who the riddler was he was completely fucking lost <laughs> like he was like it was like a baby at the titty bar he didn't know what to look at and where to go he was just hungry are you lunch no your lunch <laughs> yeah no your lunch and I have two points there because, like, I figured out that he was an orphan with Bruce before the movie ever told me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Batman couldn't figure that out even though he knew all the riddles. But going back to your Red Skull, Tiny, I, I remember what I was going to say was that that, like, that era of superhero movies building up to the first Avengers, that Marvel had just gotten all of them back, and they were consciously trying to bring it back to more of a comic booky art style and mm-hmm. look. You know, lots of colors, whereas, like, the first Marvel movie they ever made was X-Men, and they were all wearing black leather, you know? Yeah. So it's like, there was a, definitely a big transition, and I think I just kind of prefer the different, more adult take on some of these comic book heroes. Like, I loved those X-Men movies. Those are the first movies I fell in love with, superhero movies. And so, I don't know, I think I like the more Snyderverse, and that even that's not exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The Jokers, the, the new Batman movie, even though I wasn't a huge fan of Pattinson have some complaints about the movie i think i just like more of a real world take as as funny as that sounds on mm-hmm. these high high powered superheroes okay, maybe. I can maybe that's what it is and my as soon as you mentioned the red skull thing see that was a positive for me and i think for austin as well because we're right. seeing the comic book on screen like because right, we enjoy exactly. we enjoy the comics we want the comics on tv and we're not necessarily there for a good movie every time. You know, we want a yeah. good superhero movie. You guys want a good movie with superheroes in it. And it's like, there, there is a happy medium. Like, you you can meet that. It's just really yeah. hard to do because superhero stuff is campy. It's cliche. Like, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise you often. Pulp fiction. That's why it's called pulp fiction, yeah. Especially mm-hmm. whenever you get into the realm of intellectual properties, uh, big intellectual properties like your DCs, like your Marvels, it's really going to be hard for them to have any kind of stellar standalones to where they're not pulling from like 47 different storylines and versions mm-hmm. of these same characters. Uh, whereas you go to maybe the movie Chronicle that we had talked about in the past, that's a what I feel would be a good movie about superheroes. Mm. You know, it's going to be combining those elements of, you know, your your real world problems, your your realism as far as like the trials and tribulations you're facing as a person in general. And along the way, here come these superpowers and what's going to happen with this. Some of them are going to use it, you know, to try to make betterment for themselves and betterment for the ones around them. And some of them are going to take their screwed up lives and the awful hands that they've been given and they're going to just burn it all to the ground because that's the, I mean, and that honestly it's a really good take on the fine line between how quick somebody can be superhero to supervillain, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all in Chronicle like that. So I feel what you're saying on that as well, but just because you watch a lot of these, you know, the Marvel movies or the DC movies and you do get super campiness with it because it's, you know, it's not all made for like adults and not all made for, you know, you know, mature audience viewing and everything else like this. So you're going to have a lot of this little cheesy kid stuff to go along with it, but I don't know. It's 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 a weird scale I mean, balancing for me. I don't even mind some of the cheesiness like the original Batman movies with Michael Keaton and George Clooney and all them. Some of them are super terrible, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I agree. But I, I I still love them because they still have that bit of cheese. 
but I do lean more towards Marcus. I want a good movie like Heroes. That TV show was amazing. Mm. I mean, you had high-powered people. There was there were so many, and they would come together and go apart. But it wasn't. And even when you saw their powers, like one dude shooting ray beams from his hands or whatever, it was comic-y, but it still looked like it was feasible. Mm. And like going back to the Red Skull, his head looked like rubber. Why did it have mm. to look like rubber? <laughs> yeah. That was my issue. See, and you mentioned but, the, the early Batman movies. You were also a kid when you saw those. Truth. So if you saw those movies now, which, I mean, it's impossible to imagine that. You know, it's already yep. in your head. The nostalgia's already there. But I think your reaction to those would be the same as it is with these other ones. Like if you it's saw, very possible. yeah, if you saw the the different costumes and all that other you know stuff that comes along with it, it, it <laughs> changes a lot because of the nostalgia. And I feel like if we had a kid, you know, right now, like and we were talking, like if a kid was on the podcast and we were talking about everything that's coming out for Marvel and well, DC eventually, whenever they get their shit together. I don't even but, know if DC exists. Anymore. I don't know either, man. But I feel like for them, they would be like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Like, I need more of this stuff because they are in the height of nerd culture right now. And if that were us, I I just imagine back whenever I was watching Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers and stuff like that. Like, if you were just constantly giving me those things as a kid, I could not get enough. Like, I really could not. And even with Star Wars now, like, I am an insane Star Wars fan. Even now, I'm I kind of I'm cool with a little bit of a slowdown, man, because of the way you know I and we felt about Obi Wan. Like I'm okay with some time off. Like I don't need it all now. Yeah, Star Wars should be a major event. Like yeah, like superhero movies used to be. It used to be summer mm-hmm. blockbusters, you know. But now mm-hmm. they just put them out all year. Right. Yeah, and, and some of these tropes that they use over and over and over again, even though we don't even notice it, we just subconsciously know that we've seen this a million times. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think, like, especially with Marcus, you and Tiny, because I, I think we really are. It's kind of a two and two situation here, like with the with the way we enjoy these types of movies. And do you guys think that if it were not set in these worlds that are like either New York City with Spider-Man or Metropolis, which is basically New York City, and like Gotham and these places that that resemble our world and are, are meant to tell you, hey, this is happening in your world. Do you think if they were more fantastical, you enjoy them more like something like a, a Guardians of the Galaxy? There is a tree walking around that talks and does like karate uh, like that. I don't think that's something that you would mention is ridiculous because it's taken place in space amongst aliens and way far away from Earth. Like if that were the case, like with the red skull, it's a red faced man, you know, like a red skull man. You think if that were taking place in a, a something that's more separated from our reality, do you think it would be more enjoyable? Like, is that the part where it kind of gets to where you're like, I don't like this because they're trying to make it seem real, but it's not real for me personally. Not really. Because like I've seen people that I'm like, you don't look like a real person. You look like a monster. Mm-hmm. So that I don't, I don't feel like that that's necessarily the case for me. I just want it to not look cheap. I want I want to be able to see that you put forth effort into giving me a quality product instead of making it look like you just just spit it out. So for you, it's just have graphics crappy. and costuming. Like that's what you're talking about. Yeah, like I mean, graphics it, costuming. I don't even if it's not good. You're not going like, to like it. Exactly. I don't even care oh, if it's okay. like traditional looking costuming. It, it was just the cartoon manner in which his face looked. I felt like they really didn't give a damn 
and put forth a lot of effort to make him look good. So something like that, like the like the surface of it, like it doesn't matter, like the story and stuff. You're if it's if it's that off putting for you on the surface, it's hard for you to get yeah, behind it that. Totally pulled me out of the oh, immersion. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense for me. We've because we've talked about feasibility in real world, and like even I said it, but I think the best way to say it is like it's all about suspension of disbelief and whether or not they're good at getting my suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the best way to put it is just some of it just doesn't capture my imagination. There are parts of it. Like I remember in the whole, uh, in the, I feel like maybe justice league or something, they kind of flashed back to the age of heroes where Zeus and all them people are out there fighting the great battle, you know? Oh, yeah. So I like that. I like that deep lore stuff that captures my imagination. You know, that's why I love fantasy, but you know, sometimes it happens in the comic book universes. And so even like, you know, Red Skull, like give me his deep lore, but you know, I get it. They're trying to make blockbuster movies. So it's more plot, plot and a little bit of character stuff. And you only get the lore that you need for this particular movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that it's all just about how they go about capturing my imagination. And some things they're going to do is not going to capture my imagination very well. And then s- certain little slivers of it's really going to set me off and wish the whole movie was about that. And they're also having to work less and less hard to get people to see the movies. So they're not trying to capture as much imagination because they're like, we already have you. Like, we've got everybody. Right. Everyone's yeah. going to pay to see this. So we don't have to go like work that hard to get you to believe this because you're you already know the world. It's fine. Right, right. Like, You're and familiar that's, with what we're doing. Here. Exactly. And that's going to take like fans like you. And honestly, I think it's happening to me now, too, Like to where it's taking me away from it. It's where I need something that captures me again, as opposed to just like turning the page in a book that I've been reading for years. And it's like, okay, like when are we going to get to something new? But yeah, I was just curious as to see where we all kind of stood on that superhero fatigue. And I know like... Tiny Marcus, like you guys hit it, you guys hit a wall a long time ago, and for me and Austin, I think we're hitting the wall at the same time now. I've hit the wall, especially with the lack of quality that my local movie theater has. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's so bad. I'm just going to throw that out there. If if I can watch something at home in 4K with subtitles, yeah, and I go to the theater and I'm getting mm-hmm. 1080p, and what they just say. Yeah, yeah. It, it's all that face and rumble. Yeah, yeah, and this is also an effect from COVID as well. Like from not going to the theater for you know a year and getting all these like companies making like an effort to make quality on television for us to be able to walk it, watch it at home. Like with HBO having movies like straight on HBO for you to be able to watch at the same time it's coming out in theaters. Like Dune, I, I think we got spoiled honestly by being at the comfort of our own home. With subtitles, honestly, those are the big deal for us. Well, that and if but, you got to go take a duke, all you got to do is press the pause button. You don't got to sit exactly. there and sweat for the next three and my hours. Puppy can be there. Yeah. So I, th- I think popcorn, that's added to it. You can get it in like two and a half to three minutes. Yes. You don't have to stand in line for twenty while the movie's still playing. And I can buy put as much butter on it as I want. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And nobody looks at you like you're crazy. No. And if they do, yeah. you can just tell them to go to their room. They're exactly. grounded. I'm, exactly. I'm sorry I like to eat my popcorn like cereal, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Judge I like me. soup corn. Oh, that makes a stomach turn. Oh, it's bad. Oh, yeah. If if you all feel that you're starting, because I feel guilty about it almost, honestly, just like with the Star Wars thing to where I'm like, Ugh, I need some space. I almost feel guilty, like being a nerd and not wanting more right now. But if you, no, I think if that's you feel that, rational. yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Like I, I just I don't want to feel that, and I don't feel it anymore. Like I, I know what it is now, 
and I, I just need something to blow me away. Well, maybe we can uh, create some of our own intriguing superhero characters, like we tried to on episode 96, where uh-huh. we invented a character named Captain Grape. So yeah, I was. Uh, I think we should make another character. What's really funny is I just spent you know fifteen to twenty minutes talking about how exhausted I am of superhero stuff, and then now we get to just do that more. So exactly, that's really good. I'm glad yeah. the the yeah. juiced us league. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. oh damn! Well, we played. We, we, Could you? Oh, would you mind? Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> the juiced us league. Wonderful. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> But you know, we 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 did kind of play Captain Grape, and we a lot of things on this podcast we kind of uh, do play for laughs, you know. But uh, you know, maybe we can maybe we can put a little bit more thought into this one and, and make it into something like that we actually are proud of. But probably not. Yeah, I probably mean, not. But we can try. I mean, he can have a sidekick and like first mate cork, because <laughs> you know bottles or wine bottles have corks in them. Just, just, just a thought. Just to bottle him up when he's getting a little too wild. Exactly, okay. exactly. Kind of rein him back in when yeah. he's out of his power window. I like it, Marcus. How are we going to do this? Are you going to pull up like a uh, like a generated thing, or is that what we're doing? I've got a few that I like here, okay. I, or I've got I've got a, a big list here, so I can just kind of pick at random. Yeah, do it. Super baby psychologist. Now we're talking. Ooh. <laughs> I like the super baby psychologist. Yeah. So the baby itself is a psychologist? Like I don't know. Or it's a, or it's a psychologist for super babies. Oh man. What <laughs> It could I, I mean it could which... be both. Like the psychologist for super babies could have had a baby that's now a psychologist. Like he's eternally like, stuck <laughs> as a baby. But his intelligence is way beyond ours. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I and love he it. Treats so he, super, you know, young superhero children that are having some kind of issue mentally. Well, all of their parents have died, so yeah, yeah, like they're you've got to talk to somebody about it. <laughs> yeah, there's like a baby, a bad baby in there, and he's like, <laughs> I understand your parents are dead. Like, you know. <laughs> And it's it's like oh my god we went to the theater and you know and he like helps and he like he or she I don't know helps them like figure out their powers like helps them kind of you know come to terms with what they are yeah. I'm I'm imagining like Alec Baldwin movie uh, Boss Baby with that kind of adult nature inside of an actual baby just real real or Stewie. <laughs> Uh, no, not, <laughs> no, no, anything but Stewie. <laughs> not Stu- I couldn't imagine Stewie as a superhero. Well, unless you talk no. about that the episode he did steroids and then he had loose skin and he flew. I flew today. <laughs> so what, what were the origins? So we got a we've got a super baby, super baby psychologist. Yeah, correct. I, I think so, when his parents were pregnant with them, like the parents weren't super and they were having a weird pregnancy, like real weird <laughs> to where they're having to see a therapist to deal with what's going on, whether they can figure out if it's uh, psychological or not. And the baby has super understanding. So it's not like super hearing. It's they can super understand things. So the baby <laughs> was getting all of this like psychology, you know, treatment for them. And when they came out of the womb, like they already, they already knew what they wanted to be and they didn't grow from that because they had decided like it was already decided. So, but what, like, what would the origins of it be? Like what, what gave this child of all children the power? I've got it. Okay. Go. Uh, There was an accident with a shipment of psychology books 
and this <laughs> the accident with the shipment of psychology books exposed some of the psychology books to radiation. The psychologist has been handing out these books for all of his patients to read, and it just so happens the pregnant mom to super baby psychologist was one of them. She got so frustrated trying to read it that she ended up having a psychotic episode and ate the book. <laughs> yeah, so eating the book would cause the irradiated power from the book to get into the baby and the knowledge from the book that she had consumed seeped into the baby's being as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm so. So okay could we that. simplify that and make it some sort of like data, like some sort of hard drive full of like high tech science data? I don't. Yeah. I, just, I just can't see how eating a radioactive book would lead to you downloading she, knowledge. She just had pica. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, though, Marcus. You got to think about basic biology because when a mommy and daddy love each other and, and they do the horizontal monster mash. The the baby is created inside of them, and the nutrients that are taken in by the mother is passed along to the child through an umbilical cord. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So it makes sense that the radioactive psychology book being consumed gets shoved into the baby. I prefer 90-degree or obtuse angles for monster mashing. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, teach his own. Uh, I mean, if you, if anyway, you, if you wanted to, I mean, you could, you could, uh, I don't know. I was just trying to think of how the power could have its origin because, you know, because they've got, what's the baby's power even? We haven't, because we don't know how. Yeah, yeah. Pa- Super intelligence because, you know, the yeah. smarter you are, the easier it is to understand mm-hmm. complex things. Right. And yeah. Super understanding. Yeah, yeah. But they exactly. can take it everything someone's saying. Yeah. yeah. So, so like so a it's, it's basically. It's basically supercomputer. It's basically yeah. a baby supercomputer. Now, what if? What if the thing they struggle with was trying to figure out how they themselves got their powers? Like, what if that? Mm, see, right. it, we don't know how it happened. We can't decide, you know, for for sure. So, what if the baby psychologist, like, what if that's what they're dealing with? Like, how did I become this? Because they were never told. They never found Ooh, I out like how. That. Yeah, so they don't know the origin of their own powers. Right, and it could be origin Mom, unknown. Mommy ate the psychology I book. I like the ambiguousness of it yeah. because I think I like I, I think I like the idea of a baby like super intelligence that chooses to be a baby psychologist. You know, it yes. chooses to use its vast knowledge for that purpose, right. but it can use it for other purposes too. Because because yeah. the psychology book thing, I think, was just limiting it to only psychology. Right. Yeah. I, I Whereas that's just it its job. That's that. just what it. That's just what it does for money. Right. Because <laughs> every baby needs money. Exactly. We know that. Right. Especially <laughs> yeah. super babies. Well, this baby would need a sidekick, you know, because somebody got to change some boom booms, man. He can't change his own diet eye. He's got short arms and bad, you know, coordination. <laughs> the receptionist. You're so right. But see, you say he could just he could just have a like a robot thing that kind of carries him around in like a tube. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's like he's like in an incubator. He's like looks like a preemie maybe. So he's just like, <laughs> oh, can he have yes. like a ridiculously deep voice? Yes, like James yeah. Earl Jones or even yes. more so. Yes, I agree, one hundred percent. So yeah, Absolutely. he's just always he he's just like this baby in a tube kind of that just like walks around with the help of computers and like he's just got one like a big tank of computers that and like wires all in him keeping him alive and stuff. I love it. Me too. Me too. Because that's something no one's ever talked about is how baby superheroes need somebody to talk to them about their powers and what they're going to go through <laughs> in life. And why not? They're going to trust a baby more than they would an adult, too. And like to they change their themselves. diapers. Yes, exactly. Because I see just like an Alfred robot that's that's, <laughs> hold, that's holding this thing. Master, what, did you make a boom boom? What, 
<laughs> what about a name? Because I know, I know, Austin. I know your brain's probably been going in and out of trying to figure out what to name this super psychology psycho, psychological baby. I've got Reginald because it sounds stately. That's as far as I've gotten. I like Reginald because it sounds like it sounds like some sort of Oxford family or something that had a baby. You know, that turned out to be this baby of, like, unknown origin. Dr. Junior. I think Dr. Junior might be pretty oh, good, too. DR, yeah, just DR period, JR Junior. So, now, are we talking yeah, superhero yeah. or normal name right now? See, superhero name is what I was thinking. Yeah, so, yeah, Dr. Junior? Exactly, yeah. Are we, go, are we going with Dr. Junior and then Reginald? Reginald York. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Junior... Reginald York, super baby psychologist. But for now, that's working title. Working title yeah. right now. <laughs> I definitely like the concept we came up with. I have images of him in my head. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looks so cool. He's got a large, robust noggin. <laughs> yeah. oh, with veins all over it. He's got it that quite voluptuous. Super translucent, premature baby skin with just those big purple veins going all through his forehead. Uh, you want to be a preemie just because you was a preemie? Yes, I do. Okay. I feel the pain. You need to be you, represented well, maybe, there. And maybe he even has to stay in some sort of like yellow liquid to like, like kind of a back to tank, you know, he, so he kind of floats around in his tube. In oh, his yeah. tube. I don't know. Are you saying Whatever. he's floating in peace? <laughs> <laughs> like the doctor goes to smack his butt and he grabs his wrist and he's like, no. <laughs> See, Dr. Pfeiffer. I like that. Oh. Mm. Why don't you just sound like my grandmother for a little bit? Just just tell me how shitty I did at life. Dr. Pfeiffer sounds better than what you are. Well, Granny, you're dead, so ha ha. Who wins? Let's hit another Let's hit another quick one. Oh, like a yeah. Because last time, last time we took a, we took a lot of time for Captain Grape, and then we made uh, we made the villain, right? Which yeah. was uh, yeah. Insight. Yeah. And then we had a yeah. real quick one that had to do with sauerkraut and uh, sweet fizz. Uh, who knows? Man. What was it? Sweet sweet fizz. Sweet fizz. That's yeah. right. Sweet fizz. <laughs> yeah, because so. his uh, he, he always ate, he was German and he always ate sauerkraut and flat soda. Yes, and one day he said no for dinner, and then, and that was because that turns out to be the weakness of his power. Like those yes. two combination of things actually are his kryptonite. See, that's the one I've connected with the most. I think. Yeah, but we don't know his powers, so we could generate some powers. Well, yeah, we can we can work back on them. We can bring them back. Let's generate a power. Okay, super evasion. Super evasion. So they can just <laughs> avoid sauerkraut the rest of their life and flat well, soda. Well, it says easily dodge and avoid incoming attacks, and he's a skill level of a master in that. So he's a master at like not getting hit, basically. Only- uh, so basically, he just has like superhuman reflexes, and it's uh, actually okay. So his weakness, we've already decided, sauerkraut and flat soda. But his yes. uh, like a buff to his powers is mental illness. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh god! So, so depression. Let's go. With, yeah. Let's go with the depression. more depressed, the more powerful so, he is. Yes. Yeah. The, the worst more depressed. The Hulk. <laughs> That's my secret. I'm always depressed. So, he like just dodges, uh, dodges like a brutal attack that like punches a hole in a wall, and he's just like, "Gosh, why did I get out of bed this morning? Somebody's gonna have to pay for that." I just. Uh, See he's, now, he's the incredible this is so Hulk. stressful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so yes. good. Oh. Uh, sweet, F- sweet fizz has to transform into the incredible Sulk. Yes. 
He has two Forbes. <laughs> yeah, so that's like his Brilliant. hibernation period. Like, like while he's sulking, he maybe he doesn't because we had like a trigger for Captain Grape. Like he had, you know, he has that that hangover period. So maybe same with him. It's just like he's either he's got two forms. It's like either the sulk or the sweet fizz or sweet fizz. He's in the I love mi- it. He's in the middle of this. Uh, he's in the middle of this fight with this super villain, and all of a sudden, a wall behind him gets destroyed that has a mural on it. And he was like, "I took pictures in front of that mural with an ex girlfriend. Oh, I really miss her. I'm getting mopey." So he's manic depressive. You wouldn't Mon- like me when I'm mopey. mopey. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, he's manic depressive. Yeah. So yes. on his ups, he's sweet fizz. On his lows, he's the incredible sulk. Yep. Bingo. Love it. Beautiful. Ooh, that's good. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you all. Thank the grapevine. We wouldn't be able to make the Justice League. <laughs> yeah, the Justice League. It is a real yeah. thing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of in a weird place. Um, we kind of discussed that last week. I I dove headlong into old gods. And now I'm diving headlong into something else. I knew about it for a while, but I hadn't really explored it a lot. Um, what I've gotten into is SCP, Secure Contain Protect. And Uh-oh. I, I know. <laughs> Initially, I, I discovered this as independent short films, which was super awesome. And then I found out there's a podcast and there's you know short stories it's in every kind of media you can want except for like music because why that's hey we could make some yeah you definitely could you could the cool thing is it's a collaborative thing so there's a large community around this it's not it's not a couple of people doing it it's it's a large group of people doing it and it can be anybody and anyone can submit it to the website um, the SCP Foundation is a fictional secret organization, and a lot of it is like documenting um, missions. Like in the in the movie form, you see these paramilitary people going out investigating what they call an anomaly or an SCP. It has another acronym for that, which it doesn't matter. That's not important. So they go, they investigate it, and they try to make sure that it doesn't leak out into the public and cause chaos. And it can be anything. It can be like the operation of a cult that deals with paranormal things, or it could be a manifestation that doesn't belong here. And they go and they investigate and assess how dangerous it is because there's some that they just kind of let be because, you know, they're virtually harmless. And then there's some that it's safer to let it be than to try to contain it. Um, And they have this whole classification system, which if you want to know what it means, look it up because there's a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Because like the podcast, it starts off uh, giving you uh, SCP and then a number, which is the designation. And that number is always associated with that. So each of the thousands of stories have individual numbers. So there's never any crossover. There's never two SCP-047s. They're always different. From what I understand, though, there are several submissions. Like, people write their own 001, correct? Because, like, 001 is supposed to be, like, the first one or, like, the origin to all these different SCPs. 
That I don't really know. I haven't delved into a lot of the process. I know that there's a group of people. I think they're like called 53 something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. There is a group of people that basically canonize the stories. So I guess right, if there right. is a crossover, they're like, hey, you know, you got to change the number or whatever. So they're like, right, the like ad- they're-, they're the admins of the website. Yes. Right? Yes. Pretty much, yeah. 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 They kind of, yeah, they function as a council. I think one of, of the first secure contain and protects was uh, actually documented in a children's movie um, about a little boy named Hogarth. And he found an alien being, and the government then had to seek out this alien being that he was trying to trying to hide uh, from the government because he was scared they would do something to it and take it for testing. And it was documented in a kids' movie. That's cool. It's really, no that's, that's all bullshit. But I was just talking about the no, Iron well, Giant. Okay. okay. <laughs> but that would be the basis of an SCP. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's something you write out, you flesh it out, you submit it to the the website, mm-hmm. and they can make it a thing, right? I mean, it's yeah. basically a digital file of these insane stories oh, yeah. of crazy findings that no one else can know about unless you have access to the SCP Exactly, file. and the really cool thing about the website is when you go to it, there's like um, basically something saying, like, warning, you know, only authorized personnel allowed enter your credentials. I mean, you can sit there and type whatever you want. You can type in Wiener and then click the, yeah, that's my credentials, and it'll open it to you. Oh, okay. But it, it kind of makes it all immersive and kind of cool, you know, so it's not just... Okay, like you're I'm finding some Facebook. sort of secret government stash yeah. of, yeah. of uh, well, files the, and The whole thing is you're you're an agent, that, and you have... Uh, it's a D and then a number. Uh, you have your own designation. And the first time, especially podcast wise it it takes a minute to get used to because instead of names for the different agents they have number designations mm-hmm. and there's things that are redacted so it kind of reads like you're reading over a a report of what happens of a particular incident one of my favorites was actually i want to say it was scp-047 it was a coffee machine Uh, like a coffee vending machine that appeared in a place and you'd put in 50 cents and instead of like hitting like d4 it was a qwerty keyboard where you entered in whatever you wanted in liquid form and it would dispense a eight ounce paper cup with whatever liquid in it and it didn't matter what it was if it was some kind of like corrosive acid or whatever for the magic of the cup is it could contain whatever it was that's cool and so they they took it to one of their facilities and they decided instead of containing it because it's not really dangerous ish because you have to ask for it and it's in the organization in order to save money they moved it to the break room <laughs> so people would go in there that they'd have to document it you know put in 50 cents oh i want to I want a cup of beer, you know, and they started doing experiments to what all can we get from this? And they found they could only do so many in a a row. And then there was like a 90 minute cool down period thing while it restocked itself. Um, One person or two, two guys were on break and one guy's name just happened to be Joe. And then, you know, blanked his last name. Uh, He told him Joe. (laughs) Joe, Exactly. And, so he gets this cup of just biomaterial, like blood and skin, other fluids, 
And then Joe got really sick and was passed out. And they did DNA testing and determined that that cup of biomaterial was from Joe. So it wasn't creating the liquids. It was retrieving them from somewhere. That's awesome. Yeah, so it had to be found on this planet because they tried diamond and, well, there's no liquid diamond that doesn't exist. But they could get liquid carbon. Wait, so is this stuff supposed to be, like, in real life? Yeah, or it's written like it's real. Right, yeah, okay. So there's no actual truth to the origin of it, but the way that it's written is to make it seem like it is yes. in real yes. life. Okay. Yes. It's a it's a collective, it, which is really cool, because it's like it's a community-driven collective of people that want to make urban fiction, yeah, basically. It's a writing these, project. Yeah, it's a big yeah. writing project, and, everybody, and there is a subculture that's crazy about oh, yeah. it that, like, that people make uh, like their own little short films and stuff that have to do oh, yeah. with this. And I've even seen lately uh, magic cards where people do these alt arts for some magic cards to where they make it look like an SCP file yeah. photo to where they glitch out the image and like redact some words from it yeah. and, and give it a name that's just an SCP file as opposed to the actual name of the magic card. It's really cool. Oh, yeah. There, there's even a couple of video games out there, you know, like indie projects. Um, I think one was called SCP Secret Lab. It's it's okay. <laughs> I would like to see I would like to see something that was SCP over weather, just because of how intense like the weather's getting here recently. There's probably yeah. hundreds. Oh I yeah, would, I mean, I'm because, sure. Well, because, that kind of reminds me of another one um, because it's not necessarily a person. It can be an occurrence at a place. It could be an object. It could be an individual. It could be a lot of things. Um, Another one, I can't remember the designation because they're all numbers and stuff. It was rain would fall and it would be like red and bloody. It was like a bloody rain. And when that happened, a submarine would appear in a body of water that this was happening around. But the body of water would actually be able to contain the size of said sub. Even if it's just a lake, if it could feasibly fit, it could appear there. And there would be someone coming out in, like, diving gear, sort of semi-futuristic. And they would come up to whoever's around and say, hey, you need to come with me. You need to get in my sub. Otherwise, you're going to die. I've seen this before. I'm here to save your life. And the individual, if they went with them, they was taken into the sub. There'd be a lot of other people. And they was given a diving suit. Here, put this on. You're going to need this. While we're in a sub, just put it on. It's protocol. So the individual would put it on and they couldn't, you couldn't take it off. The individual that was the SCP that was telling the agent was in diving gear. I mean, you can kind of hear the echoes and stuff as he's talking. And they're like, well, why don't you take it off now? You're no longer in the sub. He's like, well, I saw people take it off then and they died. Like, eyes gone like there would only be like eyes and teeth left in it they would basically break down into salt water and not be there anymore and it was like well you're not in the sub so you know what what's the big deal here i think you'll be fine and at the end of the report the guy takes it off and he turns into salt water and dies and there's eyes and teeth left in the suit dang yeah, it's very cool. So it can be anything. 
I want, I've already got mine kind of developing my head a little bit to what I'd like to see of it because, you know, given the modern, you know, state of things with the weather patterns and how they're going to be, you know, the heat waves are coming and they keep coming and hell, England is in one of the most dangerous heat waves they've been in since the 70s. Like, it's absolutely insane. People are, you know, getting to the point where they can die from heat over there because they don't have proper ventilation and proper, you know, infrastructure to deal with extreme heat situations. The heat waves that are coming through the world at this point are stronger than they've ever been. So therefore, the storms are starting to be stronger as well to go along with the heat that's being, you know, pushing everything up. So the storms are having what much more acceleration, just like we had one the other night come through that was just fireworks, just hours of just straight fireworks. Yeah, it was crazy. Lightning strikes hotter than the temperature of the sun. Every one of those individual lightning strikes exposes a riff into a different dimension, but only briefly. And people start photographing it and trying to document that and those specific storms. That would be the that'd be the subject of mine. Write yeah, it. I mean, send it yeah, in. That'd be good. Yeah, God help me. Because I love this stuff. You you have a cause. You have a crazy event. It, it totally fits. Yeah. Have you? Has anybody ever played the game uh, Control? It was one of the free PlayStation Plus games. I started it. I got a, a few hours into it, and it's really awesome. Yeah. I just wasn't in the mood for a, a really in-depth, mind-screwy kind of. Uh, yeah, I mean, it game, definitely but. it definitely seemed like it was much in that world, that kind of weird slash occult slash right. You know, alternate Sci-fi. dimensiony. Yeah, because I mean, like you'd you'd have like an overhead projector that can project you into some alternate dimension where you have to fight the boss, like all inside of just some random object, like a toaster. You know, could be a portal to some hellish creature or something. Oh, yeah. But then you've got some others. And, like, I've actually got one on my phone right now. It's pretty short. but it, And it could be, like, a little example of how they're written, if y'all would want me to read that. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's SCP-3057. And the object class is Keter. So, it's like, they, they, you know, there's Keter, Elucid, and, or Euclid. I don't know how you say Euclid. that. Yeah, yeah. So there's different. Keter's, like, like that's the most dangerous. About. Okay, right. So... This one's Keter. Uh, it says, a, a Special Containment Procedures. A small quantity of SCP-3057-1 is contained on site. Members of Epsilon-6 oil slickers are to operate as first responders in the event of a major oil spill, destroying all organisms produced by SCP-3057. 3057 is an anomalous phenomenon by which crude oil spontaneously transforms into instances of prehistoric species. <gasps> <laughs> 3057 was first observed in the aftermath of the Deepwater Horizon explosion in 2010. Deployed SCP-3057 in an attempt to reverse environmental damage caused by the disaster. It was only through extensive foundation efforts that 3057-1's spread was limited to a radius of 0.25 kilometers from the initial point of contamination. Since 2010, four more instances of 3057 have been observed around the world. Whether it is a result of the initial contamination remains unknown. The Mana Charitable Foundation has disavowed all knowledge of 3057 and claims POI-8A052's employment was terminated several weeks before the Deepwater Horizon incident. An ongoing investigation is underway to determine whether or not this is true. It is suspected, but not confirmed, that SCP-2113 is the result of SCP-3057. And now you can make that new SCP one, like, just based on the one that you just read. and it can just Right, so it's like, okay, well, what's that one? What's 2113? And so, well, yeah, and then you go read 2113 and you start to develop a story. Yeah. If you've got petroleum 
like petroleum products, like or petroleum in general, just like coming back to life and becoming what fossil fuels actually fueled it. That could be something to even go even farther into it because you can get into like, you know, the petroleum byproducts that that petroleum was made into just like plastic. And then you get into plastic dinosaurs being made. And all of a sudden, these little plastic dinosaurs inside of this kid's bedroom are made from that specific, like accidentally made from that oil or that contaminated byproduct stuff. And now they've come to life and they're just living giant ass dinosaurs that were originally just these little Jurassic Park toys. That's awesome. Like yep. I, I've always wanted to get into it, but it just seems kind of daunting just because of how much yeah. it is and the the formula in which you have to ride it. I've yeah, I've kind of been dabbling with that the last couple of days because well, I've kind of got the riding bug after yeah. riding that last thing. Oh yeah, let us know if you get one that go, actually goes into it because yeah. that would be really cool. Ooh, I could do an SCP about it. See, <gasps> exactly, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, that whole incident could have been an SCP. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. I'm going to read you a short poem. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They got a million toys at Toys R Us that I can play with. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They got the best for so much less, it'll really flip your lid. From bikes to trains to video games, it's the biggest toy store there is. I don't want to grow up, because maybe if I did... I wouldn't be a Toys R Us kid. Did you write that yourself? I did not. That was the actual theme song for Toys R Us, and that is my topic for today. It had a whole thing. Yeah, you never had a theme. You never knew that it had the whole thing. You always, I don't want to grow up because I'm a Toys R Us kid. See, I thought that's where it ended, but there was so much more. There's so much more. I mean, I knew Radio Shack had a theme. (laughs) <laughs> but I didn't know the Toys R Us had a whole thing. I thought they just had a jingle. That was a song by the B-52s, actually, called Love Shack, but it's okay. No, no. Love totally, Shack, totally baby. Different. On the side of the road. I just want to talk a little bit about Toys R Us. Because as nerds and as the people that we are, we were heavily influenced by the toys that we played with as kids as well. Uh, just thinking back to Ninja Turtles, to Power Rangers, to all sorts of different other, you know, your video games at the time. You know, you got your Nintendos and your Super Nintendos, your NES. Everything was available to play with at Toys R Us. And I just got to thinking about this because I saw a news article here recently because since 2018, Toys R Us has actually been bankrupt and gone. They shut down all the physical locations. Uh, You know, a few years prior to that, they had shut down all of the Babies R Us locations because Toys R Us itself was originally a kind of a conglomeration of two big stores in one. They had Babies R Us and then they had uh, Toys R Us, which Babies R Us, of course, is going to be all your baby toys, all of your baby clothes and your cribs and your strollers and everything. And Toys R Us was for the big kids. You know, you, you what, I, Tiny? I always thought the name was Toy Russ. It's <laughs> well, that's a vehicle. I mean, I was I was poor, so I've never been to a Toy Russ. Oh, that could be why that I didn't know what it was actually called. Son, son, that's not that's no excuse. Toys R Us, you got to play with stuff for free, but you had to go what? out of town. 
to go to one because we didn't have one here. Well, they, that's true because yeah. they, they had three in Nashville, which would have been the closest area in the 90s for us all to be available to go to a Toys R Us. Uh, they had later ones that opened up towards Knoxville and, and over there towards Oak Ridge and stuff. But the one that I remember the most was, and bless my mother's poor little heart, uh, bless her heart, because she used to love shopping at the Hickory Hollow Mall. And if she just so happened to take the wrong street when going to the Hickory Hollow Mall, she would drive by the Toys R Us. What have I done? And that was a fit that an ass whooping wouldn't stop until I got to go to the Mecca and see my toys. Mother, we must see Jeffrey. Mama, I want to go. I want to go Toys R Us. Mama, I want to go play the video games. Mama, I can't get none. I just want one. I want to play. Uh, I've got a little bit of a list here that I've compiled of some stuff too that I I never owned as a toy, but I played with it at Toys R Us. Um, And that includes the original PlayStation. Never owned one, only played them at Toys R Us. Uh, I also played one at Sears, but Toys R Us was the main time. Um, Also, before I was able to get a Nintendo 64, they had them available to play at Toys R Us because... A lot of people don't remember this, but back in 1996, whenever the Nintendo 64s came out, there was a humongous push for them. Everybody wanted an N64. Nintendos were all the craze. They were the hottest things because nobody had came out besides like like Sega to be able to you know combat them in the video game realm. And the N64 coming out, everybody wanted that. They wanted those 3D graphics. They wanted that realism. And I'm using quotations with that because you compare the 3D graphics of the N64 to what kind of stuff we deal with nowadays playing like Elden Ring. And it's it's bad. But that was realism for us. Um, and Just in case people don't know what a Toys R Us is, Toys R Us is an American toy clothing and baby product retailer owned by True Kids. They were established in 1948, and the company was actually fully founded in 1957. So it was established under a a Parasipony Troy Hills, New Jersey toy store, and that's where it all started out, but it wasn't fully formed into the Toys R Us Foundation until 1957. But still, Toys R Us has been a thing since 57? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yep, and they were... They they came out during the post-war boom with the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. So as the baby boomers were happening, all of these kids were needing something to, you know, needing all these extra toys and all these, you know, these extra child things, you know, baby clothes. Toys R Us had it all because Toys R Us also had Babies R Us in it. So you had those things combined and they had this giant generation of just I don't know what what am I trying to say here? Child factories, but like to where they were like factories making things specifically for children, or oh, no, factories just the, making children. No, just the parents themselves were child factories back in oh, those days. Yeah. You know, yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. like nowadays. Children also worked in them as well. Well, no, mm. not, not not legally. Though, no, that, not, that, not, that was, not during that time. Not that during that time. That was that before. That was in the eighteen hundreds. You're, right. You're right. But uh, I remember the vehicle, the RC car, called the Rebound. I don't know if everybody remembers the rebound. Yes, it could hit a wall and flip over and still drive. Yes, it would hit the wall. It'd be blue on one side. It'd drive. It'd hit the wall. It'd flip over. It was red on the other side, and you just keep driving. Oh, yeah. Hold on. How did it... How was that possible with the cord attached? <laughs> 
tiny. There was no cord. It was the cord. The only one that I had growing up was my father's. It was a 57 Bel Air, and it had a cable attached to it <laughs> that was roughly two and a half feet long. So that's not a remote control car. That's just a control car. And I mean, <laughs> it did have a remote that you held in your hands. And I just want to explain a little bit of why Toys R Us is a big deal. Toys R Us is was, I should say. It isn't. Because they're not currently out, but they are coming back. Toys R Us was the biggest toy store franchise in the world. They were the largest collection of every style and type of toy that a person would want, from Legos to Play-Doh to dinosaurs because in 93 you wanted all those Jurassic Park toys you know our our level of coolness and intelligence in elementary school was basically how many dinosaurs can I name off the cuff <laughs> like that's how you were cool whenever you were like four like yep. you got the pterodactyl you got the triceratops rex you got a brontosaurus you got a you got a brontosaurus that's a long neck from that, that, that land four time uh, but they had all these things that, like, you go to Walmart, you go to Target or something like that, and they've got toys in the toy aisles. They don't have entire worlds dedicated to them mm-hmm. because, I mean, I can even remember as a kid going to the Barbie aisle because mm-hmm. it was so immersive that everything was just all Barbie. Mm-hmm. Every It was just pink all the way down everything. They had pink tiles on the floor of the Barbie aisle. They had like castle settings that were above the aisle that made it look like you're walking through some kind of fantasy world. Like that's what Toys R Us was about. It was about, you know, number one, taking the wallets of your parents and just emptying them into the trash can up front. And number two, making sure the kids loved the experience there. They had Nerf gun testing while you were there. What? It, they had bicycles that you could ride if you wanted to test out a bike that you were wanting to buy. They didn't care. They wanted. They had people to monitor to you in the store, but it was still insane thinking about it nowadays. Like, how would that play out in today's society? Mm-hmm. You know, kids going into these stores and acting this way. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we might have been a little bit more well-behaved than Maybe. kids I don't know. nowadays kid. would be. But then again, kids are a lot smarter nowadays than they used to be, too. So if they're misbehaving, they? they might be... A, oh God, I kid. worked at a college, okay? <laughs> well, I'm not talking about those kids. I'm talking no. about, like, actual kids. Yeah. <laughs> Because kids are doing math now by the time they're like four. And that's, yeah. that was something that I, I didn't even tie my shoes by that point. So that's, that's why I do beyond. remember being a young man, a very young boy, not ever having known what a Power Ranger was. And walking into Toys R Us with my dad and seeing the red and blue Ranger up in their box. Like the big like 12 inches. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I know. Big boys. And they and had so, all of them. And and I was just looking. I was like, "What is that? What, Daddy? What is that? That <laughs> yeah. looks so cool." Yeah, and, and then that's what made me start watching the show. Yeah, and I mean, Toys R Us did. It was almost like walking into a fantasy realm to where the toys were in control. It was like a gift shop of a theme park that didn't exist. It was like everything kid-related, let's say that's this theme park with all the rides, but that's not there. It's just the gift shop where you can buy everything that has to do with that thing. And you can actually, like you said, you can interact with the stuff. And then online shopping came along. Online shopping came along, and that's what killed Toys R Us. In 2018, 
uh, Toys R Us filed for bankruptcy and they eliminated all of their physical locations. The last two physical locations closed down the last, um, the little later part of 2019. So it's they've not been gone for long, but for a huge franchise like that, that was just so heavy in a lot of our brains for you know providing us with because if you wanted a toy they would have the toy mm-hmm. like that was the place you'd go to to get the toys that you couldn't find at your walmarts or your dollar store you know or your little small town shopping areas you'd go to the big city and you'd go to toys r us and you've walked you're, you're there you've made it uh, macy's.com um which is you know macy's the retail store they have had Toys R Us actually partnered with them for the last year online. And, you know, due to their their quarterly marketing, you know, their reports and everything that they've get out, they noticed something ridiculous. And their response is equally ridiculous. They noticed that their online sales just from Toys R Us being a part of Macy's Online in the last quarter went up 15 times the amount. I'm not talking wow. 15% increase. I'm talking 15 times the increase in sales online due to Toys R Us being online with them. So in response to that, Macy's, as of this week, announced that in every physical Macy's location in the United States, they are opening a Toys R Us. Hell yeah. So they're bringing it back in the Macy's stores. And now Macy's owns Toys R Us. And what's awesome, I mean, it is awesome that that's happening, but at the same time, whenever we, because we will go to a Macy's when these are open and look and see what's up, but it's going, it's going to be so different too because the the modernization of it compared to the effort put into the way it was designed for us when we were kids is going to be different because things were a lot more whimsical. I feel like, yeah. like you, you knew you were focusing towards the child market, mm-hmm. but now the kids' child market, I don't feel like it's as whimsical as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And oh, man, I just don't feel like they're going to be able to have as much fun as they used to mm-hmm. in the stores too. Just I don't see people riding their bicycles through Macy's. I don't see them having full blown Nerf gun testing areas in Macy's. Yeah. I don't. I don't see the RC cars flipping over and turning over on their backs and still driving in the middle of a Macy's. I can just see clothes that I can't afford. <laughs> you know, I can't see anything yeah. else. And also, kids aren't going to have. I say kids, not all kids, but most. I feel like. They're not going to have the experience that Marcus had to where the first time they see a Power Ranger is in a toy store because they are on YouTube watching like toy reviews and box openings and all this stuff of all these different IPs to where it's just so easy to see the entirety of a whole realm on mom or dad's or whoever's phone that you're not going to be witnessing all this for the first time in person and it blow your mind as much as it would have in the past where we didn't have instant access at all times to all these toys online. And yeah, parents like don't have time to go to toy stores. They're like, we that's why you just order it online. I think that what it's going to try to do, it's going to try to capture some of the nostalgia from the people that are our age 
that are now having those kids to provide for. So now they have to go to the Toys R Us and have to go shopping in physical locations to try to spark the kids' imagination, just like we had ours sparked whenever we were little. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and I, I pulled up a little list of stuff just to try to kind of remind everybody some of the exclusives that they had at Toys R Us. And some of the things that they had, you know, kind of surprised me a little bit because I, I didn't realize that I had so many of these things, but they carried them as like exclusive items at Toys R Us and always had them in stock because they were children's bestsellers. Mm-hmm. Like little, like a little game called Mr. Bucket that uh, like all these, like every little kid in the world has probably played Mr. Bucket. All it is is just he has a mouth, he spits out these little orbs and you got to pick them up and put, you know, get them back in and whatever color has the most of them in there, you're the one who wins the game. Sounds disgusting. What, Mr. Bucket? It wasn't disgusting. (laughs) It was. You had to put them in his mouth? No, he spit spit them out. He spit them out his mouth. You had to put them in the top of his head. He's a bucket. How would they not get all slippery? How does a bucket have a mouth? (laughs) I don't ask questions. I'm a child. But (laughs) you're picking up bucket puke. Public service announcement. Bucket Man is stealing your children's souls. <laughs> but it wasn't that they were exclusive. It's just they were exclusive pushes. Like they were stocking extra of these best sellings so they wouldn't run out of them. Because exclusive means that's the only place you can get it. Uh, let's, let's say less exclusive, more all-inclusive. They want everybody to be able to get one. Cool. Uh, also, uh, something that I had as a kid as well, Hot Shots Basketball. Oh, yeah. Uh, the little springboard basketball game that you had. That was awesome. The Tiger Electronic Handheld Games. They had entire rows of those back in the 90s. I don't know if anybody remembers the Tiger Electronic Handheld Games, yeah. but they were hot, stinking fecal garbage, oh, but terrible. we lapped them up like chocolate syrup. Yeah. It was... Ooh, sorry. That was a weird visual. But it rhymes now, so it was really good. But it was just like... I, I don't know. I can't, uh, I can't really f- think of another store that I could go into in my entire life that I've ever felt like... Like, oh my gosh, I'm in a different world than, than, well, actually there's, <laughs> there's two places as a child. It was Toys R Us as an adult. It was Guitar Center. Mm. Well, yeah. And you could, as a parent, you could take your kid to Toys R Us and that'd be the day. Like, yeah. That's a vacation for the kid. Like just, you could spend four, three, four hours there and the kids just on top of the world for the rest of the day. And the one toy that I can remember actually getting from Toys R Us, which there were two, but one of them I was there for the for the purchasing of it. I I got a limited edition platinum Buzz Lightyear that had the full set the full wings that it would pop out had the the full chest buttons for the different sayings it had a laser on his wrist that would activate and you open up his little com on his wrist and it would say most light year to star command come in star command awesome and that was awesome and then the other one that i had was the uh largest version of the t-rex from the 1993 jurassic park movie that they had and they all had that really dope jp symbol on their leg mm-hmm. that just made it i don't know it just stood out because they had toy dinosaurs galore as a kid yeah. but if you had one of those slightly more fleshy rubbery style dinosaurs with that jp on it you had made it oh yeah you show up to the sandbox with that and you are king tiny that's where your your rich kid friend probably had the jp oh, dinosaur. He had, oh, the things them. you're naming off i'm like 
the rich kid friend I had, he had that, he had that, he had that. I had stuff that was purchased at yard sales. And I remember the best day we went to one, they had this giant, I mean, giant box of GI Joes, maybe. They might, they might have been GI Gems. I don't know. And mom bought the whole box for like $5. And I played with them so hard. I had little wars, and there were cool army style cars. That was my that was my toy, Russ. Well, it was off brand of an off brand that all came in one bucket. It was called Army Fellas. No, no, like they were posable. They they had joints that would move. As a kid, yeah, they were like GI Joes, except probably not Joes with joints. Yeah. Well, they had like their legs would move, not in their knees. Oh, I was thinking you, you know. were talking about like they had stashed their drugs in the kids' toys and you found them. No, no, they had like, you know, you can move their arms and legs. But yeah, I, that, I just thought that was very exciting to know that Toys R Us is coming back. I would like to take a destination trip to go to the Toys R Us. Yeah, we could but, film it. Because, you know, we could always just lie to them and I mean, say that we're there shopping for our kids. Well, where are they? Or, well, they're at home. Or, or each other. you could take Tiny to have his first Toy Russ experience. Yes. We'll get it on camera. <laughs> I can't. I really <laughs> can't be believe great. that you never went to a Toys R Us. I grew up a poor child. <laughs> I wasn't exactly in a wealthy family. I I'm mean, not saying you was, but apparently compared to me, you was. <laughs> and just like we're going to show Tiny his first experience with Toys R Us. We hope you share this experience of Nerd It Through the Grapevine with all your friends for possibly their first experience with us on Spotify, iTunes, Good Pods, all of them. Listen to us on those. Give us five stars. Give a description of why he gave us five stars, whether it's because he hate us or love us. We deserve the five. Maybe. Probably. Ooh. Just give them to us. And then you can also click on the link to Teespring, which will take you to buy some T-shirts and a cup and a fanny pack, all kinds of stuff with our logo and names and some references from the show that are really cool. I got to get a Visionella Noonan shirt uh, at some point soon, Marcus. Uh, I need that on my body. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You don't say. Quality digital yawn. That was really good. Uh, and if you don't mind looking us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Nerd Grapevine, we can discuss exactly what flavored medicine you want put inside of your pastry. <laughs> and, you know, if you wanted to donate a little bit to the cause, get a shiny holographic Nerd through the Grapevine sticker as well as our eternal praise. And I think you could get on Patreon at Nerd Grapevine. Just, 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 yeah, there's no at. You're just Nerd Grapevine. Oh, so there's no at? Just no, the, no, no. So it's I know you've just, been saying at, at Nerd Grapevine for forever, and I never said anything, but now I because I've just I've just literally never gotten on the Patreon at, just man. because I I'm, it's okay I can't give money to me no no well, if that, if I could give money to me that would be fantastic be, you'd have so much money. oh my gosh if I could give money to me they I would be standing up to eat like next to Elon Musk and I'd be like yeah you think you got a weird shape body check this out and then don't compare shirtless pics with Elon Musk and yourself especially in front of people because that might cause them to have a little bit of Marcus thank you for phoning in and showing us where the magic happens I appreciate that. And you can Absolutely. also find us on Anytime. Discord and tell us about where your magic happens. Whatever that may consist of, please don't tell us dirty stuff. <laughs> please not. Because we really don't want to hear that. There's all types of magic. It doesn't have to yeah, be that kind of it magic. It doesn't have to be that kind of magic. It can be like kitchen magic where you make delicious cakes and pies or whatever. Ooh, with medicine inside. Yeah, mm. like Robitussin. That'd be a great Pop-Tart. Blech. 
what? Anyway, <laughs> find us on Discord. There's there's memes. There's all kinds of cool stuff. You can talk to us live, uncut, uncensored, and irrevocably circumcised. War has broke out between the name brand G.I. Joe's and the off-brand yard sale version G.I. Joe's. <laughs> Very official. And a name brand Velociraptor, Jurassic Park Velociraptor toy comes onto the battlefield with a grape in its mouth. You're on the front lines, Austin. What do you do? I look the Velociraptor toy directly in the eyes and I say, clever girl. I take the grape from its mouth and I throw it at the name brand G.I. Joe's because they're only worth something if they're inside the plastic, so they're worthless now. So I'm going to make sure that I berate them as badly as I can. You are, you're worth just as much as the army fellas are now because you're out of your box, you fucking Joes. <laughs> and I throw the grape at him and it splatters him in the face and now he's got a grape stuck on his head. And and that's, what that's an idiot. And now he looks like just a total fool. <laughs> what How an ridiculous idiot. he would look. <laughs> grape on his head. Grape I <laughs> Joe. The more you I know. finished my entire grape pop tart, by the way. I ate both, both of, of them. mine. You're disgusting. Mm-hmm.